podcast of sermons by Pastor Charles St. Ange, LCMS Missionary in Montreal, Quebec, and the Caribbean. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Every three years, the way our lectionary is structured, we use Mark's gospel as the basis for our gospel readings. And that's tough because Mark is the shortest of all of the gospels. In fact, some people jokingly call it the passion of Christ with a long introduction. And the pacing of the gospel is rapid, immediately this and immediately that. And so as a result, when we move into the season of Lent and the traditional account that we're used to of Jesus's threefold temptation in the wilderness, we only get two verses. The spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. And since two verses would be an awfully short gospel reading, we get to hear again a little bit of background and context. So we have the baptism of Jesus again in the Jordan River, and the original call of ministry of Jesus. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, my first reaction when I was reading this text for this Sunday, and Mark's version of Jesus's baptism and the temptation of the wilderness is, them's fighting words. It's, it's an intense, violent action scene that Mark portrays for us in these verses. Now, according to our translation, we simply read that, um, the, the heavens were opened. But if you look back in verse 10, some of our translations have, and when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open. Now we're more used to Luke and Matthew's sedate version of the baptism account. According to Luke chapter three, when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, a nice passive. Or in Matthew chapter 3, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. But not Mark. Mark's fighting words. And immediately he saw the heavens being torn open violently, and the Spirit descending on Jesus like a dove. The fighting words continue what happens next. According to Luke chapter 4, after his baptism, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Kind of like we, we lead our dog in a nice little walk. Say, come on, come on along. Or in Matthew chapter 4, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, almost like a mountain guide or those people that take people up Mount Everest as if it's some kind of a tourist trip. The Spirit just leads Jesus up for this work. But not Mark. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And as if that isn't fighting words enough, the heavens being torn open and Jesus being driven out into the wilderness, Mark includes this little detail that we don't get in any of the other Gospels, that while Jesus is out there in the wilderness, he is out with the wild animals. This isn't a safari. This is dangerous. He doesn't have a car to protect him. He doesn't have a firearm or weaponry 
he is out there with these animals that have been corrupted by our own fall into sin and are now carnivorous, violent. They get big teeth, claws, can do real damage. You might have noticed the pictures of the temptation in the wilderness that I had in our uh, hymn between the readings. And I did find that one picture of Jesus sitting there on the rock with the lions, all pacing around him, kind of like Daniel in the lion's den in the Old Testament. In Luke and Matthew's gospel, Jesus is hungry and he's thirsty. He hasn't had anything for all this time. But the temptation is really about what's happening in him, in his stomach. But not Mark. For Mark, it's about what's happening all around him throughout the entire time that he's in the wilderness. Not only is Satan there tempting him, but he's out there with the wild animals. Heavens are torn open. Jesus is thrown out into the wilderness. And there he is with, as the King James says, the wild beasts. Like I said, them's fighting words. But what does it all mean for Jesus? Mark's gospel is a fighting gospel. It's a warfare gospel. It's a gospel of immediacy and urgency. Things have to be done and they have to happen now. Mark's gospel is a call to action because there is an enemy out there and the enemy must be defeated and the enemy must be defeated now, immediately. And so the heavens are ripped open so that God can become active here in the theater of action, which is the earth. There's no time to look around for a key or a door. We got to get in and get down there now. It's kind of like in all those action films where the police officer comes and doesn't go and ask the supervisor for a way into the apartment. He just busts in the door. Or the soldiers come in and they're not going to wait to try and figure out a nice way to get through into the house. They just take the shotgun and blow the hinges right off. That's what's happening in Mark's gospel. This is no time for finesse. We've got to get the spirit down there into the world and get him active. And then Jesus gets driven out into the desert. The Greek verb is ekbalo, literally to throw to the outside, like a first pitch in a baseball game. When I was thinking about that, I was, I was reminded of the scene from the, the Luther movie with Joseph Fine, where von Staupitz, Luther's confessor, realizes that Luther is going to get handed over, probably to death, for the statements that he is making. And so he basically unmonks him, removes him from the Augustinian order, and then almost quite literally grabs him by the arm and throws him out the door. He says, go! Now, go quickly. Now, why is he doing that? Because he hates him? No, but precisely because he loves him. Because he doesn't want to see Luther suffer and die. And he knows that Luther has an incredibly important purpose. And he's got work that he has to get to right now. And so Stelpitz takes him and throws him out and says, were I your father, then under canon law, I would be obligated to deliver you to the authorities, but I'll be your spiritual father until the day I die. Jesus isn't 
driven out, thrown out into the wilderness because God hates him, but precisely because this is the reason why he has come, to join the battle against Satan and his minions, to do real battle with the real forces of evil. Not leftists or capitalists or communists or socialists or libertarians or the neighbor next door who lets his dog do his business on your lawn. No, real enemies. And the real enemy is Satan and his fallen angels. And how do we know that what Jesus is doing out there in the wilderness is going to war? Because he's out there with the wild animals, with the wild beasts the King James. And there's no break. He's out there 40 days being tempted. With Luke and Matthew, we get this picture that perhaps, you know, Jesus had 40 days of, of just fasting and inner contemplation, meditation on a rock somewhere until suddenly Satan shows up. Not Mark. In Mark, it's continual. Hour by hour, minute by minute second by second, for 40 days and 40 nights with the wild animals. Jesus was baptized and heard the voice from heaven. You are my beloved son. So none of this is happening because God is displeased with Jesus. Any more than we send our soldiers, our best and our brightest, into war because we hate them. We send our best and our brightest into war because we expect the most from them. And when there's a war, you need to fight. And so the Father sends Jesus, his most prized possession, his one and only son, out into the wilderness with the wild beasts to fight Satan. And he wins. That's the good news, of course, that he defeats Satan then. He defeats him again in the garden. He defeats him again at the cross, definitively for us. Now, the question remains, as we think about Jesus being thrown out into the wilderness with the wild beasts, what this has to do with us? Well, the reality is, dear friends in Christ, who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, just as Jesus received the baptism of John, we too are thrown out into the wilderness with the wild animals after our baptisms. Now, the wild animals aren't literally leopards and tigers and lions and venomous snakes and cobras and scorpions and all the list of things that we could draw up. The wild animals are a little bit more subtle but still tools of Satan. Money, power, fame, pandemics and viruses, selfishness and greed. They're all around us and even within us. I was looking online at getting caught up in some of the news stories that are going around and I noticed that the poor British Columbia government decided to put up a mental health checklist bingo card. Some of you might have seen it. Went out on Twitter, had certain squares on it, like take a walk, read a book, phone a friend, cry, let it all out. It was not well received. 
People read that and immediately got angry. They hated it. They were overwhelmingly angry at the idea that the government simply said, look after yourselves. That's a sign that the wild animals are getting at people. Their claws are starting to sink in. Teeth are starting to gnaw at our bones. It's getting into our minds and our souls, eating away at our humanity. That's precisely Satan's work, isn't it? To make us less than what God wants us to be in Christ, less than what Jesus has baptized us to be in this world, salt and light for the world, as Luther said, little Christs in our world. This is precisely why we, after our baptisms, are also thrown out into the wilderness amongst the wild animals. That through us, Jesus might continue to do battle against the forces of evil. Now listen closely. Through us, Jesus might continue to do battle against the forces of evil. Because the good news is also that we do not walk alone. Jesus has walked this path before us, and now he walks it from within us. We're going to sing, O Christ, you walked the road, our wandering feet must go. Stay with us through temptation's hour to fight our ancient foe. And as we walk down this road through the wilderness amongst the wild animals, it's not an aimless, meaningless journey because we walk a road precisely that leads back to the same heavens that were torn open so the spirit could come down. They remain torn open so that you and I can return to be with our father. So that Christ could defeat Satan and his horde in our sin at the cross and take us home to be where he is. The wild animals, Satan, the demons were no match for Christ. And therefore, we have Christ's promise that there'll be no match for us either, because it is Christ who lives in us. The Father of lights, who does not change his shifting shadows, has sent his Son to be with us. And if you remember what happens at the end of Mark's incredibly brief account, the angels were ministering to him. And the angels minister to us as well. And what is an angel? An angelos, a Greek, is a messenger one who brings an announcement. And whenever we hear the announcement of the good news that Christ has died for our sins and we are baptized into him and that the same voice that spoke to Jesus saying, this is my beloved son, now looks at you and I and says, you are my beloved sons and daughters. That same message, when we hear it, is proof that the angels continue to minister to you and I. Even while we're in the wilderness, even while we're surrounded by wild beasts. The very last words of our sermon hymn aren't just words for Lent. They're words for our whole life. Be with us through this season, Lord, and all our earthly days, that when the final Easter dawns, we join in heaven's praise. The church year isn't just cyclical, it's also driving forward. Lent isn't just the 40 days before Easter, it's also all our life long. But if that's true of Lent, it's also true of Easter and Christmas and Pentecost, that they're all rolled in together. 
So that just as there are times when we feel the weight of being in the wilderness, surrounded by the wild animals, with Satan pestering us at every moment, so too are those tremendous moments when we remember that we are children of Easter, children of the promise of resurrection to new life in Christ who has died for us and risen again for us, and into whose self we have been baptized. But for now, especially during times like we are going through as a global community, we, like our Lord, are out in the wilderness amongst the wild animals. But you can be assured that the angels are ministering to us and that Jesus is with us every step of the road. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you'd like to learn more, visit intheway.org. Thank you for listening, and God bless your week.